we're back. It's fight week. It's like every week is fight week in America now. Boxing's trying to make a comeback. You got all of the different MMA organizations out there. It seems like everywhere you look, locally, regionally, nationally, we're fighting. Hopefully you're not fighting amongst yourselves. Hopefully you're not street fighting. If you were, I hope you're able to fight like my guest today. That's an absolute badass. Today's episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody, again, is brought to you by our friends Lynchburg, Tennessee, the iconic Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Bring Jack with you, especially on fight nights. The Grand Prix Bellator coming up. It's been going on. And our guest today, you've heard him here before. He is a freaking, I guess you would be called a bona fide badass from high school, even before high school, through high school, through ASU, NCAA, All-American, UFC, unbelievable battles in that octagon, moves over to Bellator, becomes a two-belt champion at Bellator. Ryan Bader, how are you, my man? I'm doing well. Yeah, a couple, uh, week and a half removed from my last fight in the Grand Prix, and so, uh, Good to get that opening round win and then uh, back to the grind. I know you don't like to give up secrets. I've been at one. I've been in some of your camps before a fight, and I've I know that one of the things fighters do is they bring in other fighters from other camps per se to emulate the fighter that you're going to be facing. Mashida is uh, ex UFC champion. He's yeah. known he's known for his kicks. He came out in the fight against you last week, ten days ago, with some legit body kicks, legit leg kicks. Um, no matter how mentally prepared you are for that, Ryan, how bad does it hurt, honestly, to get kicked? Because to me, I, it seems like I would be down in for the count with one kick. They seem because the the audio was so legit on that fight when we were watching yeah. it that it just seemed like they were knocking the shit out of you. Do they hurt bad? Well, then you have you know no crowd and you don't have that noise at all. You True, know? that's going to take uh, amplify for sure. Um, but for me, you know. I was fine. I'm used to taking those kicks, but they definitely, you know, if you, if you took it right on your ribs, it's not going to be good, you know? And so, you know, uh, yeah, I was blocking them, taking them on my elbow a little bit and they sounded definitely worse than they were. Uh, but you don't want to keep getting kicked like that for, uh, too many times, you know? And then, um, he did, he is tricky and he did kind of put one upstairs a little bit, kind of got me in my neck a little bit, you know? So, um, First round, we were trying to stick to the game plan, and the game plan was to be patient and not rush in. Um, but he started kicking a little bit more, but then at the very end, I kind of saw what I needed to, to see to come out in the second round and really open up. But um, they definitely – they did sound worse than they are, you know, but they're not fun at the end of the day either. How do you practice for that? I mean, when you're with your sparring guys and you're bringing these fighters in to emulate Machida, are you taking kicks like that in camp? Obviously, you're padded up more, but are yeah. you are you wearing a protective uh, uh, padding around your midsection? No, I mean we have shin guards on, you know, and and you you're supposed to take it right here, you know, on this meaty part of your arm, you know, and um, I was catching a little bit of that, so they weren't really getting through too much. Um, you know, and, and his foot was kind of hurt too from kicking my elbow, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've been there a few times, you know, on a certain, certain day we get together and we spar hard, you know, and, and yeah, we're, we have you know, bigger gloves and shin pads and headgear on, you know, but we're kicking hard. We're, we're trying to get through, you know, and so that's where you, you see that and are able to, you know, block and, and do what you need to do and, and, you know, learn the little tricks too. When you when you start thinking about, you know, you said your game plan, you stuck to the game plan for round one, Bader. 
you're a world class. You're a world class MMA fighter. Now, let's not let that go unbeknownst. But in my opinion, and obviously I know the fight game is smudge compared to you. Wrestling is key. Wrestling is the foundation of being an ass kicker, in my opinion. If you look at the greats, all the way back to the early days of MMA, back in the early nineties of the great of Hoist. Um, he, he, he wanted you on the ground. He wasn't per se a wrestler. He was more of a Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist. But taking somebody down and being able to g- own them and either tie them up for a submission or a choke or ground and pound, you're so good at wrestling. Your double legs, your high crotches, your single legs. That seems to me like what you fell back on against Machida. Even though you look back at like the Fedor fight, you one punched one of the greatest yeah. heavyweights in the history of fighting. You're a wrestler at heart. Was that your game plan against Machida? Was to try to get inside him and get him to the mat? Yeah, for sure. Um, the first, um, you know, he beat me in 2012. You know, I rushed in there and he ended up knocking me out. You know, and it, it was one of the things where, yeah, we wanted to get to the ground, but... At the same time, we couldn't be impatient and do what we did, you know, nine years ago and rush in. And so um, that's why I was talking about being really patient, even though it, was, it wasn't going super well that first round. We knew we were going to be able to at some point get it to the ground. And when I say that, you know, I saw at the end of the first, what did I wanted to see? I wanted to see him back up to the cage. And he kind of was freaking out a little bit, didn't want to be there. And I could see kind of what way he was kind of, you know, wanting to get out. And so second round, I knew I had to put him there and, you know, start implementing my game plan and my will, which was take him down, beat him up. And at that same time, take away a lot of his power, you know, so he's not as effective on his feet in the later rounds. But, yeah, I mean, I'm a wrestler since I was seven years old, you know, and um, I'd like to be able to dictate where the fight goes. If I want it down, you know, I could pretend, you know, pretty much everybody and get him down, you know, and if I want to keep him on my feet, I can do that, too. So. Um, wrestling, I just, I came up with that and I use it quite a bit and I've got to the point now where I can mix it in and, you know, my wrestling makes my hands good and the hands make my, my wrestling good. So, well, let's talk about that for a second in the last two weeks of what's been going on and what your forte is. Are you still a fan of traditional college freestyle wrestling, Olympic wrestling? Are you surprised at all? by the final team of David Taylor, who is, I mean, he's offensive as heck. He's, he's on a different level to me watching what he's doing right now. Bader Dake was a stud. He took out Burroughs, which Jordan has been on the, he's been on the team for over a decade. Um, You got Kyle Snyder. Were you surprised at all? Are you a fan of it? Do you pay attention with your busy schedule of training for the Grand Prix? Do you still try to pick apart wrestling and see what's going on out there in the world of college and Olympic wrestling? I, I, I pay attention to it a little bit. You know, I'm not watching every match or anything like that, but the bigger stuff for, you know, for sure, you know, and, and like you were saying, you know, guys like Dake, you know, that new generation that's you know coming through and beating Burroughs and, you know, the big heavyweight, that's phenomenal young kid, you know? Um, so I, I love to see that, you know, and I, I love to, to watch them, you know, not, not fall into, Oh, I'm going to go do this. Right. I want to be the best at this individual sport, which is wrestling, you know, because we have a lot of, you know, a lot of wrestlers now have the opportunity to come into mixed martial arts and all that kind of stuff. And it's cool to see, you know, somebody just keep grinding in that wrestling world. When you think about your college days and the packed houses at ASU and Sun Devil stadium and that part of 
your career, you have the Iowas, you have the Penn States, you have the Minnesotas. There's there's wrestling in parts of this country that are like Friday Night Lights in Texas. Yeah. You know, you and I grew up in a place to where I don't know if we really had that, Bader. It's it's very no. evident in other parts of the country that if you're going to be supported as a wrestler, you're supported. We were lucky to have 100 people at the mat watching a match when you were doing your thing. And that might be a little aggressive with, you know, that might be a little low. But, yeah. man, you, you go to a college wrestling match in these big places, the crowd support plays a big part of the success of a fighter. That's why they call it, you know, home mat or if it's a baseball yeah. game, home field cooking or whatever you call it. When you're in there against Machida and you don't have that adrenaline of the crowd, does it become more like a sparring match? Is it tougher to compete, or are you so wired as a professional now that you can throw down at any given minute knowing that the revenue and the title is on the line? Yeah, I mean, the first time I did it, it was definitely a little different, you know, but now I knew kind of going in what how actually quiet it is and how you can, you know, when you walk out, when I usually walk out, you know, people are, you know, cheering, people are loud, you know, there's a, there's a 15,000 people in the arena and you know, you're going to get in a fight. Right. And you kind of get up for that. But you, when I say there's barely anybody there, there's not even 10 people in the whole, you know, they have curtains kind of around the cage. So it's kind of blacked out where you're not seeing empty seats and whatnot. And there's nobody. I mean, when you get done fighting, they bring your bag to your hotel room and all your stuff you left in the locker room. So there's barely any even fighters there, you know? And so it's quiet, quiet, but going into this, you know, this fight, I kind of knew how it was going to be. And, and yeah, like you were saying, everything else, you know, your purse motivates you going out there, your competitor, the guy standing across the cage trying to beat you up, motivates you, you know? So, um, it, it was good, you know, this time around, I, didn't let get to my head at all and went in there with a job to do and got it done. Give me some quick answer answers, Bader. Are you, are you a guy that is so mentally focused that you can overcome anything that gets in your way at this point in your life? Is there a bad day in a Ryan Bader life? Do you get down at all? Or does this lifestyle and the mentality of a wrestler and a fighter mono e mono, like this is the original Olympic sport of wrestling and fighting in the fight game. Is there anything that you can't overcome when you get this mentality? Does anything get you down? I mean, what, what kind of mentality do you have to have to keep going in this lifestyle? Yeah. I mean, a lot of things get me down, you know, and if, if, uh, if they didn't, you know, I'd be a, a robot here, you know, but, um, and I think everybody goes through that, you know, it's, just, but that mentality is, you know, I've always had that where you put in the work, it's going to get better or you're going to get a result, you know, and it's, uh, um, we come from the mentality. It's not always good, but it's, it's like work harder, work harder, work harder, you know, cause we, we have a goal and we're going to accomplish that goal you know, and put the work in and do what we have to do, you know, but yeah. So yeah, I have bad days, you know, this and that, um, you know, and outside of the fighting world, all that kind of stuff, you know, I have a family, I have three kids. And so, uh, but when there's a job to get done, whether that's, Hey, we got it, you know, a fight here, you know, two months from now, um, you gotta compartmentalize that and take it, you know, either training session by training session, day by day, week by week, you know, till you get there. And that's just the MMA part, you know, then you have your family. You know, I like to turn off the MMA part when I'm around my family. I don't want to bring the gym into my household, 
you know, and when I'm training, I'm focused on training, so training solely, you know? And so, um, try to do a lot of that, but I mean, I would say wrestling was probably the biggest impact as far as my mentality, not only in the sport of MMA, but just in life in general. When you start talking about the way we get our, whether it's motivation or our news or our content today, talk to me a little bit about your mindset, Ryan Bader, on social media. You have some of the funniest shit out there as far as a celebrity uh, fight game personality with your brother-in-law and the and the and the pranks yeah. that you were playing on him. And there's some really there, your your wife is hilarious on there. Um, but answer me this, Bader. You're a the the best heavyweight in the world. You're the heavyweight champion of Bellator. But yeah. then but then you have this social media that you can watch what's going on out there, right? There's you got the 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 elephant in the room is UFC. Is Ryan Bader really the best heavyweight in the world? Do you pay attention to the Naganos and the John Jones, what he's doing now with his weight gain and moving up to heavyweight? Does it ever make you be like damn it, man, I need to be back over there doing that? Or are you so free-minded now that you could just be like, look, this is the path I chose, I'm here, or do you still have it in your heart and your soul that you have to go over there and prove yourself like, look, I'm the unified heavyweight champion of the world. How does that work out now? Because Nagano is a bad son of a bitch. That dude can punch. He's a good yeah. fighter. You're a world-class fighter. John Jones has never lost except for disqualification. We can talk about his career if we want and the testing and the doping and all that. I get it, but he's still a badass. You've yeah. actually you've actually have one of your losses to John Jones early in your career. Yeah. How does how does all of that turn out right now in the mind of Ryan Bader? Man, I don't, I don't really care, you know, and it, it's, we all made decisions, right? And for me, you know, I have 20 fights in the UFC. Um, you know, I felt like I should have got a, a title shot. You know, I was on a five-fight win streak, you know, let's talk about this and that. And when that kind of happened, when I didn't get it, I was like, you know what? Maybe there's greener pastures, you know, and and I uh, had the opportunity to, to kind of know what I could get elsewhere, and so we fought our UFC contract out and I, and I made a decision, you know, and I've been happy ever since. Um, and I was happy with UFC too, but it was one of the, one of the, you know, points in my life where, Hey, I made a decision, decision. I'm going to stand by it. And everybody's always going to talk about, you know, uh, you know, who's better over here and UFC or Bellator or another organization. Um, it is what it is. You know, I don't put too much stock in that. Um, we're over here. I'm doing my thing. They're doing their thing. And it is what it is, you know? Um, um, so really it doesn't concern me at all, you know, but and, are you willing to fight? Are you willing to take any fight at any given time, Ryan Bader? If they said oh, yeah, that there's going to be a cross promotion right now and you're fighting Nagano, <laughs> you're in hundred percent at heavyweight, even though yeah. a lot of your career was fought at two Oh fives and one eighty fives, right? Uh, all 205. All 205. So now you're stepping up to the heavyweight game. Um, you're a proven heavyweight now. There's no like, like, wow, man, I don't know if I, cause that guy's a true heavyweight. Yeah. That guy's, that's a big dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're taking, we're all competitors, right? Uh, and let, they, you know, they asked uh, Stipe the same deal. He's like, of course I'm going to tell you, if I didn't think I could beat him, I wouldn't be in here. You know, um, us going into a fight, we think we can beat any person standing in front of us, you know, and, so it makes us good. And, you know, I, I'm, yeah, you know, Nagano is badass. He hits extremely hard. Are there ways to beat him? For sure. You know, and you're going to train your ass off to try to find that way, you know? And um, so, yeah, you got to walk in with that mentality. Uh, if you don't, then you already beat yourself. 
how do you how do you look at the idea of there's a lot of fighters that may have did it too much, took that one yeah. last fight when they probably shouldn't have. Like we all know what Tyson just did against Roy Jones, kind of weird. Chuck Liddell yeah. came back on the De La Hoya card against Tito. You've seen Matt Hughes maybe go a little too long. Couture fought till he was like 45. You're a young man. I would say that right now I'm going to guess that you're 35? 37. 37. So – yeah. Are you coming to the end, Ryan Bader, because you look healthy, you yeah. have an unbelievable healthy and active lifestyle and family, camping, yep. hunting, outdoors, lake life, summer life. Do you know when it, are you going to know when enough's enough? Yeah, for me, it's, it's, uh, when I can't train how I need to train, um, then it's, it's done for me. You know, I can't go in there half ass and, 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 you know, hold on, you know, I got to be able to train how I need to train to be successful in every single fight. I never want to walk into the cage and, and say, I think I did enough. I want to walk in knowing I did enough. And regardless of the outcome, it is what it is. But when you have that in the back of your mind, did I do enough? Did I train how I needed to train? You know, at that point, I can't do that personally. And there's uh, you know, I've watched people do that. They're, oh, I'll take this fight, you know, and they don't put the work in you know, and just getting a payday, you know, you can't be half in half out in this career. And so, um, yeah, for me, I, I feel healthy, um, you know, and, uh, I feel the best I've ever felt at this age, you know, um, feel better than when I was 25. Why yeah. is that Ryan Bader? Tell my audience, please, how you get to that point. You're like, is it nutrition, Ryan? Is it rest? Is it sleep? Is it, is it constant massages? Is it making love to your wife five <laughs> times a week? What is it that you makes you say 37 years old, you feel better than ever? Man, I don't know. You know, it's, uh, you know, obviously you gotta, you gotta be healthy and, you know, eat right and all that. And I do, but I have fun too. Y'all have some beers, I'll, you know, whatever it is, you know, um, but I've always been consistent in what I do. And, you know, as far as training and all that, I don't fight and then take two months off. You won't see me in the gym. No, I'm, I'm there as soon as I can next day, whatever it is. So I think a big thing for me is being consistent in everything, you know, and, uh, just being happy too, you know, um, manage your stress and all that. And I got a good family life. I got all, you know, I have good hobbies, this and that, and, and I keep myself busy. So I think that's a, a good, a good deal than having the right people around you really. Um, and I think some people are, you know, um, I think some people's bodies just wear down quicker than others. And you know, it, it is what it is, but I feel great. I'm not going to say that I'm an angel all the time cause I'm not, but, uh, you know, being happy, having good people around you, obviously putting in the work day in and day out. You talk about being an angel. You had a very disciplined family life, I would assume, like mine coming up. I wasn't allowed to go to a seventh grade pit party, maybe until my senior year in high school. I don't know exactly how disciplined you were, but I do know this. Your parents and your grandparents were very tied into your career, always yeah. watching the matches, supportive of your career. Even though fight game is scary, 
I don't know if your wife still gets a little hesitant. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I'm sure mom does. You hunt with grandpa. You hunt with, there's pictures of you now, I'm sure, with four generations of baiters in the woods, which is amazing, yeah. right? That's an amazing thing. Right. Does the family still give a shit, Ryan Bader? All the matches, all the wins, all the belts, all the titles from from the old coming up in, in Mighty Might Wrestling through high school, through ASU. Do they still care at all? Does dad still care when you have a match? A hundred percent. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, like you were saying, you know, having, or wasn't able to go to these parties, whatever, you know, I was wrestling. I was an athlete throughout my, you know, my whole life, basically, you know, and we were always going to tournaments in California, you know, driving from Reno over to California to wrestle and the better tournaments and, and doing all that, you know? So I came up with that. Um, you know, and my parents were always there at the wrestling match with grandparents, family. Um, and they are still today, you know, coming to these fights and yeah, they're all nervous as hell. And my mom doesn't like to watch and, but she'll come. And one time she came to Vancouver, but she didn't go to the fight, but she stayed in the hotel room and her, you know, my aunt was texting her what was going on, you know? Um, so yeah, they definitely care. And, uh, I mean, the last fight we could have fans, I think I fought, I fought in San Jose, fought Chet Congo, you know, and uh, there was a controversy that I, I poked him in the eye, which is replay showed that I did not, you know, and then uh, Rampage Jackson came over. He was all drunk and trying to get in my face in the cage and whatnot. He went back and was, you know, saying something to my sister. So my dad almost started swinging on him, you know, <laughs> no, it was a shit show, you know, but yeah, I mean, they're, uh, they're still a huge part of it. And, uh, you know, we'll come to the fights, you know, barring that, you know, fans can come to fight still, um, which seems to be opening up soon. So, yeah, I can't wait to get back to those. That's a huge part of the fight game. Is I remember some of my early days of the fight game, Bader, where when I was in UNLV playing baseball, I got to go see Tyson fights. They were later in his career. They weren't in the you know the eighty five to eighty nine ninety Tyson. Yeah. We was destroying people, but I got to see Michael Moore you know, get beat yep. by George Foreman. I got to see Vander Holyfield against Riddick Bowe in the outdoor stadium at Caesars. When you remember that story of the fan man flying in with the hell, oh, with yeah. the parachute. I, I was, remember you watched it. Yeah. I was six row for that right there and saw really? Rid, yeah, Riddick Bowe's wife fainted. They thought that he ran into her. They, that's when cell phones the were like that. Yeah. Well, they were cell phones, but they were back in the day when they were like that long. Remember the oh, old yeah. gray ones? <laughs> you saw that they were just beating them with that, yeah. those cell phones. And I was like, but I got to see that. Then I was at uh, you know, I was at a lot of the De La Hoya, big fights i remember one when he was fighting uh gosh dang it now i'm gonna, the guy that smoked i can't remember the guy's name from oh yeah I know you uh, anyway about. he was smoking on the way to the stadium and all this and, and i think uh oscar beat him in the sixth round but the energy in that room is what makes the fight game to me. I know your guys are talented, but part of the fight game is the energy that the crowd brings to it. That's why the press conferences, you talk about Connor and what he's doing, bringing Ireland over here and all the flags and the whiskey and all that. There's a lot that goes in to the mentality of the fighter because of the crowd. Do you ever get to the point to where you get tired of the fans? Because at one time I was walking around Arizona with you and people are coming up to you and it's like, you don't, you're just Ryan Bader. Yeah. Are you just Ryan Bader on a fight day or do you turn into a character that, ha that, you know, relates to those people and's taking pictures and he's signing autographs and you're more because Conor McGregor's not always on. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Are, do you turn into a character at all when it gets closer to the fight and on the fight yeah. day? Or are you always just even kill? No, I'm, I'm just me, you know, and, and maybe that's not the best, you know, where you, you see all these other, you know, people like Conor McGregor, you know, turn into a character and, 
and, uh, you know, talk shit or do whatever, um, you know, and a lot of time that's good for rivalries. That's good for pay-per-view and TV. Um, but I, I've always just been me, you know, I, inter- I interact with the fans and all that as myself, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I'm not going to just flip the switch, you know, uh, 15 years into my career and be somebody else, you know, so I am who I am, you know, and I, I try to prove myself in the cage, be a good person out of it. It is what it is. Do you think that after we, I'm talking along the, the line of characters here, do you think that you would ever have the mentality? Because a lot of people on this podcast, they might assume you're a great athlete, but you are an exceptional athlete when it comes to body control, muscle memory, balance. There's a lot that goes into getting to the level that you're at. But besides that, you're a great football player. You could handle yourself in a lot of different athletic activities. Um, could you ever see yourself taking the Kurt Angle route, speaking of Olympic wrestlers, and being a fake wrestler for the audience and turning into a real character because you have the money you could make, but you do have yeah. to turn on, you might have to put on a mask bait or you might have to put on makeup. You might have to put on those armbands like the ultimate warrior would tie off on his biceps. Yeah. The ultimate warrior was a freaking stud, right? But yeah. I, I've been looking at like guys like stone cold and the rock, who's probably one of the most successful people in the world. Now, could you ever see yourself going that route after a successful mixed martial arts career? Man, I don't know. It, it wouldn't be for long. If I did it, it'd be for, you know, to do something different you know, in a couple of years or whatnot, but man, I don't want to be the rock. I don't want to be that popular or anything like that, you know? Um, but it would be fun to do something different. I'm not opposed to it, you know, but it would definitely be, you know, kind of out of character for me and in a, a new challenge basically, you know? Um, but, you know, and I have some friends that you wouldn't think like a Cain Velasquez, right? You know, former UFC heavyweight champion, you know, that was, I think he might still be doing it, but, you know, he's doing the luchador stuff in Mexico where he was huge. I went, I think he went into WWE for a little bit, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, it's, I'm always, always have an open door, right. To opportunities. Would one of those opportunities ever be you hosting a hunting show? Do you love hunting and fishing in the outdoors so much that you could also try to make that a living? Or would that be the mentality of that's my off time? That's my family time. I don't want to turn that into a career. No, a hundred percent. You know, I, I would love to integrate that, you know, uh, somehow into making a living, you know, and, uh, you know, we have fights that are, we won't know when, you know, fights are right. So I, I fight in July. I might have one fight in October. So sometimes it's hard, you know, with tags and all that kind of stuff, but you know, I, I help out a charity here, outdoor experience for all where, you know, we take out wounded veterans. We took one out on a, you know, a, a bull elk tag in September, um, you know, who's all that kind of stuff. So I love doing that, you know, and I get my fix there. And then, you know, I, I'm putting in for tags the whole time. Um, you know, and my wife and I shot, two bulls last year and and I, I love being able to share that with friends family and then to help out too you know like those wounded warriors you know so um like i said i'm always open to opportunities and would love to integrate some of that into my future whether that be just for fun or for a job when it comes to military ryan i know how pri- how proudful you are of our military and you know, you're a warrior in one way, but we all know that that's like an, on a different level to go over yeah. there and put yourself. Does it ever amaze you 
because I know it happens to you because it happens to me when you meet these guys on a hunt or in a fight. They're always telling you how much they look up to you and how thank you for the hunt and thank you for letting me come to your fight and thank you for doing what you do. Can you imagine having that much of, of a level of humility, Ryan Bader, which I'm sure you you do or you're close to it. Yeah. But being around those guys has brought me to a different level of humility personally of like, wow. They literally just put their boots back on American soil. They're over there for nine months at a time with a gun in their hand fighting for our freedoms. And then they have the audacity to tell me thank you and that they're, they're, they wish that, I, that, that they could do this more with me when I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm the one that's thanking you, right? Has that ever yeah. hit, hit home with you? Oh, you're spot on, you know. And I've, I've been around, you know, gener- different generations. You know, we took one guy out, a Vietnam vet. You know, he, three limbs were amputated. He had one, one arm. You know, and, uh, you know, we had to set him on a, a ranger, you know, with a tripod and he ended up shooting a bull and he had the best damn attitude ever, you know, uh, never felt sorry for himself making jokes the whole time, you know, um, you know, and then some of these younger guys that have, you know, um, you know, lost their legs below the knee that went back in and had to pass everything to get back into, you know, um, to whatever they're, you know, he was a scout sniper, um, and to be able to do that and have the fortitude to go through all that, you know, and, and want to, you know, so I've been around those guys quite a bit. And yeah, it's just funny when they're like, Oh man, you know, we look up to them like, hell, you guys are the, are the, you know, the people that I look up to, you know, I get to do some cool stuff. I got to go to uh, Navy SEAL land warfare class and teach a little jujitsu and then go out and do everything with the nods, sniper school, all that kind of stuff too. So um, I love just helping those guys out where I can when it comes to that that mentality of what you're touching on there it brings up another point of your career you've traveled you have a home base you don't live where you were raised but you're pretty close but you travel you're just in Connecticut you travel here for a fight you travel here for a hunt does that ever get old to you of going and representing the organization of Bellator or I understand. I'm going to hang out with warriors. I'm going to get to hang out with the the guys that defend our freedoms. I'm doing it. I'm in no matter what, but you have kids and you have a family. How much is the balance now in your life, Bader, to where you said in, uh, 20 minutes ago, you're not an angel. You are going to yeah. travel. You're going to have a beer with buddies, but you are a loving husband with a badass wife and family. Yeah. What is the balance like? How do you get to that point of knowing, you know, where, how that teeter totter is supposed to sit? Yeah, I've been on the kind of bold ends of the spectrum there. You know, uh, when I was with UFC, I was younger, you know, before kids too. And they would, uh, take us out, you know, to, uh, promote for a fight. And they would go to England. We'd go to, you know, wherever Australia sometimes, and we'd be gone for seven days, you know, promoting and doing different signings for UFC, you know, and then you can, you can see that kind of take a toll on your relationship with your wife and all that. Then when the kids came, I was still kind of doing a little bit. Then I realized, Hey, you know, I have to, uh, prioritize some certain things. And, and now, I mean, I only go, you know, when I, when I need it really, you know, obviously for fights or if we're doing, um, just like we're talking about some sort of military charity organization or event, um, I'll do those. Um, but it's all about prioritizing, you know, I'd rather be here watching my kids play football, this, and, you know, this and that, uh, and being around them than going somewhere to do uh, a signing or thing anymore. Um, so I, I basically go do what I need to, which is, you know, go fight. Um, I did an analyst thing on the, on the desk the other weekend, did that. But other than that, I'm pretty much here most of the time. 
you're a good looking guy, Bader. I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying that in a way that some people might, I'm intending, I'm talking about in a TV way. You're a guy that a production company could look at, whether it was ESPN or Fox or whoever, and say, hey, he's well-spoken, he's educated, he's good looking, he's in shape, he knows the fight game. Is that an opportunity that you've looked into that might be in your future of being a color commentator and analysis for one of the organizations? Yeah, you know, I, I want to be a part of MMA. I don't really want to coach or do anything, you know, cause I've been a, around it so long. So that might be an Avenue where there's an opening. Right. And, and I, I did that last week with Bellator's broadcast, you know, and uh, got asked to come back and, you know, asked if that was something that I would be willing to do more of the future or in the future. So um, that's definitely one thing that, that I do like to analyze fighters, be around the game. Um, and I had fun last week and, and, uh, you know, it's fun going to an event where it's a little st- less stressful, where you're not going to end up fighting a guy in a cage at the end of the week. You know, um, you're in front of the desk, but um, it's, that's definitely an opening there. All right. So you're an analyst now. You're done fighting. You don't have to worry about training anymore, but you are going to stay in shape. But you're allowed oh, yeah. to you're allowed to have a couple pops once in a while, maybe even a, a high ball. You're, let's say you're at Dirk's Bentley Bar. There's going to be yeah. live. There's going to be live music. Awesome bartenders, great food, fun, and friends. Now, here goes the questions. Okay. One country band that's on the stage right now, who do you pick to see with your wife? No kids are there. It's a Ryan and Daisy night. And who is the band you're watching? Man, I like, uh, I've always loved Eric Church. Ooh, you're going with Church. I like Church. Morgan Wallen. Ooh, even after all the trouble he's been getting. Yeah, in. Uh, <laughs> that on that, huh? He's still selling uh, a bunch of tickets, though, Bader. Yeah, I know. Um, Cody Jinx a little bit, a couple of his songs. Ooh, I, I kind of like, like the more kind of old school, you know, old school vibe. Cody was just on the podcast. I think you, me, and him need to go get on a hunt this year. A hundred percent. My one, my buddy CB knows him pretty well. So we CB, all got to get together. CB Dollaway. Uh, okay. So now the music set. You go up to the bar. What do you order the wife and what do you get? Do you start with a cold beer or do you go straight to the whiskey? What's Ryan Bader going to party with? Man, back in the day, I would have been whiskey, and but I, uh, I'm more of a beer guy now. I don't know when that, that switch happened, but if I drink whiskey, um, I can handle my alcohol too. But man, lately, whis- whiskey's been getting me, you know? So I've, I've been, uh, Kind of playing it safe. I'll just do a little Coors Light throughout the night, and I'll be good to go. Jeez, the wife, Ryan Bader. The I never wife thought will do a little tequila shot, and then maybe like a like a Tito soda or something. I'm gonna. Sh- I was gonna tell you I wanted to ship you a bottle of my new Foul Life Jack Daniels, but if you're not a whiskey guy, shit, I'll drink it. I okay, just well, be, I just have to be at home. I'm shipping it to you for after your victory in the Grand Prix. So, what's on the menu now? On what's your favorite go to food? I would say that you probably are a guy that would maybe say a well cooked, perfect elk steak would be on your top of your menu. But what do you choose that night of a party night if you can eat whatever you want? Yeah. I mean, I, I eat that during camp, right. You know, the elk and whatnot. And so when I'm, when I'm done, I'm in Arizona. And so we have good Mexican, Mexican food. food. I'm a big taco guy. And so any kind of tacos, burritos. Well, you got to tell me what meat in there. Is it lingua? Do you like the authentic stuff? Nah, I'll do, you know, your carne asada. I like shrimp, all that kind of stuff, but no tongue though. huh? I'm not going to say that. I mean, I've had it once. So I can't bash it, but it's not my my go-to at all. 
you know, but I'll, I'll come home and I'll, I'll eat bad for two or three days, two or three days. And then my body's like, what are you doing? You know, we were so healthy and now we're doing whatever we're doing now. Um, and so I kind of get back to it and then, you know, throughout the week or whatever, um, I'll eat healthy. And if I want to splurge on a you know weekend or we go out to eat, I'll do that. Um, but I crush it pretty hard for like three or four days and then feel like shit and then get back at it. So when you do get back off of that party night and you're back in training mode, you have your headphones on and let's just say you're doing a cardio, no coach there, little interval training. I would assume it's not Eric church and Cody Jinx in the headphones for a training session. It could be, I guess, but are you a heavy metal slipknot eighties hairband rock guns and roses Metallica? What do you like for training? Um, well, we just did uh, some jujitsu right here. We had a little classic rock on, you know, um, I kind of grew up, grew up listening to that. And so, uh, it's kind of a go-to, um, I'm not a huge slipknot kind of guy, you know, um, we'll throw on some country. It doesn't need to be, you know, hard for me to work out. Just something you can kind of flow to really. You know, and so probably my go-to would be a, a good, good, good upbeat classic rock mix. So are we talking like classic rock is like, or is that, uh, is that Almond Brothers, Leonard Skinner, Boston, Night Rangers, like yeah, 70 yeah. stuff. That's yeah. the stuff you like. Yeah, hundred percent. I grew up with that, you know, um, my dad had a construction company when, you know, we were growing up and every summer, you know, we were working and you know, they put that on. And so we, we came up with that. Yeah, I did too. I had a lot more of the outlaw country. I'm sure you did too, but that's, I grew up on the Wayland and the Merle and the, you know, Johnny paycheck and Don Williams. My dad was like all country. He loved rock and roll too, but we listened to a lot of country music. So what, what's, what's left to say about the, I want to talk a little bit about some predictions before we get off, but what's your mindset like right now? Are you just want geared towards this championship right now? And, and then what happens after you, you, you're unified again as the grand prix heavyweight champion of Bellator. What happens after that? Is there another super match that they're going to set up right after that? Or is there talks going on of anybody that's in your, in your scope to fight right now? Yeah. I mean, we're in the, in the light heavyweight grand prix right now. Right. And I always like to have goals and my goals are short-term, long-term, short-term goal, win my next fight make it to the finals, long-term goal, win this whole Grand Prix. And I, at that point, I'll, I'll recapture the light heavyweight belt, once again, be a two-division champion, right? And that's kind of a, a legacy thing for me. Um, so I'll be a two-division champ once again, and that just means I'm defending these belts now too. Um, you know, and I, I feel like I don't have anything to prove. You know, I, I was a two-division champ. You know, I won this belt the heavyweight belt by beating Fedor, all that kind of hoopla. Um, so that's my next goal is recapture that. And then to be honest, it's really like defend them and see who they throw at you, you know? And, and at the same time, you know, this is my career too. So this is how I make money. And so that's a big factor also, you know, I can't do this forever. And so, you know, these bigger fights, every fight, you know, it's a chance to make great money. And so there's that factor. It's not always going out there. Oh, you know, I want the biggest name because I want to prove myself too. It's like, Hey, I want to go out there, make my damn money too. Even if it's defending against, I don't know, give me whoever, give me a guy, let's just fight basically. So it's a, it's 50, 50 on that. But right now I am more towards that legacy, go out there and, and capture this light heavyweight title and win this grand prix, you know, cause that's a huge thing that, 
I don't think anybody's ever done, you know? So those are my two like mindsets right now. With your mindset and mentality as a world-class wrestler, we all understand the game of weight cutting. If the money was right, could you healthy wise, health, healthy cut to 185s and win that belt too? No way. Um, you know, I went, I wrestled 197 in college. And I mean, that I've only hit that, you know, whatever weekend we had to weigh in. And I haven't been down there in a long time. And I was only around 210 at the time, you know. And so um, when I get down, I can get down to 210 pretty pretty easily and then it gets so you i'll drop you know down to 210 within a certain amount of time and then from 210 to 205 it's double you know that five pounds is double the other 15 pounds because my body's like whoa you know hold on what are we doing here you know and so and i'm pretty i'm pretty beat getting down there so to be able to get down to 185 even if i did a whole thing where i was you know streaking my body it just wouldn't be worth it to me, it, it would, it, it messed my body up too bad. And I don't see the, uh, you know, the upside to it. On that same line, give me some advice for the younger generation out there of club wrestlers that might be seventh and eighth graders, ninth, 10th, 11th seniors in high school, maybe go and do a, a club after high school before college. What would you, Ryan Bader's advice be? on weight cutting and the knowledge of weight cutting and the, the trust, the, the, the trust of the coach and, and the system that's going, cause there's a lot of talk about that. What's healthy, what's yeah. not kids are getting sick. What would your advice be? Man, you know, I'm a competitor, you know, so I get that side of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to drop a weight class cause I want to, you know, wrestle this or I can't wrestle this weight class cause the guy's beat me. I got to go down to here. And I get that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, Hey, don't cut weight because, uh, you know, I did and I had that mentality. Um, but we try to do it right. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot on the line, you know, college scholarships and whatnot. Um, but I mean, <laughs> fighting heavyweight now and not cutting weight, you know, when I'm fighting at a heavyweight, I realize how much better I feel like a ton better, you know, without depleting your body the day before the day of, you know, a tournament, you know? So, you know, and then, uh, my thing is with the, with the younger kids, you know, that it's really, I mean, yes, it's for something and yeah, you, you know, it, it's for, you know, say you're nine years old and yeah, it could be some sort of title or whatnot, you know, do you really need to cut that weight? You know, not really, you know, you're going to, go and do well in high school or college, whatever, you know, but, um, I don't love to see younger kids cutting a lot of weight pound or two, but I've seen a lot of my friends that are, that struggle to get down to 125 or 103, you know, that blew up after they were done wrestling because they just put their body through hell the whole time. And so, um, there's a fine line there and I don't know what that is to be honest. It's having the good people around you. It's having a good coach that says, you know, Hey, you're not wrestling well. Cause you're so depleted. You know, I see you every weekend. You're killing yourself to make the damn weight. Wrestling's not going to be, be fun for you anymore too. You know, people are going to get burnt out just from cutting weight. So, you know, but at the same time I did it, I'm a competitor and I know there's other competitors out there that want to be the best. So it's having good people around you. So does Ryan Bader allow his son 
to become a wrestler and an MMA fighter. The dangers out there, what you've heard, let's forget about the, the, just the training and the tenacity that has to go into it and being on your A game. There's a lot to take out of a fight career. I do get it. But it's yeah. a lot of sacrifice, and there's a lot of injury. And there's a lot of chance for injury. Do you allow it? Do you push him into it? Is it a natural flow of progression of Ryan Bader's not that dad that's going to say, oh, you're going to gee in the fight game? How does that work out with the mentality you have right now? Yeah, my kids, I mean, they do jiu-jitsu a little bit a couple times a week. Um, but I'm not the guy to, to push them into it at all. If they want to, if they really want to, and I see that they put in the work, then, yeah, potentially. But for me, I'm not going to go out there and be like, hey, let's train this and this and this because you're, you're going to be an MMA fighter now. You know, and uh, you know how kids are. They're all different personalities and whatnot. Um, you know, right now I'm having fun with my oldest playing football, you know, and I, I went through a childhood where I wrestled a ton and wrestled year round and I know how that monotonous that gets and the training that needs to be put in and how at some point, some points you don't have a life in other areas of life, you know? So, um, I'm kind of go with the flow with my kids. If they like it and they show interest, cool, but I'm definitely, I'd rather them not get into, you know, fight. I'd rather, I would like them to learn, you know, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, striking, uh, but I'd rather them not fight to be honest. Okay. Keep that same mentality with a daughter. Is it even a question in your family if that would be allowed? Because there, th this is a huge push. Women in wrestling. There's yeah. a women's Olympic wrestling team. There's MMA champions that are making millions of dollars now. Uh, Nunez yeah. is, is up there. Is that an option for a daughter of Ryan Bader to be in the fight game if she really wants to? Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. Um, my daughter's definitely, you know – I don't see her being that, that person, but, um, I'm not going to deny my kids though. If they really want to do something, if they really want to, you know, achieve something, I'm not going to say no, but I got to see, I got to see the work you're putting in first. You know, um, like I said, you can't go out and half-ass it, especially not in that sport. You know, um, you know, looking back, we came, we came up and we were division one, all Americans and, you know, and then we, we put in the work and, you know, went through all that, you know, younger MMA days, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was a lot to get to even where you're at now, you know? So, um, my kids can do something else if they really want to, if they, you know, if they're dying to do it, I got to see the work that they put in before. Um, I'll allow it. Thinking back to that, that time period of the ultimate fighter, you win the ultimate fighter. Has it flown by? Has it been a wild ride baiter? Has it been something with no regrets? Like, man, that this has been awesome. 15 years into this game, I'm the heavyweight champion of the world, about to try to become the light heavyweight champion of Bellator again to be a two-title holder. Has it flown by? Do you ever have to sit back and pump the brakes? Because I look at it like, dude, it just seems like yesterday I was in Arkansas hunting ducks, and it's, you know, it's been six months already. It seems like it was just yesterday. Like, life yep. flies by. You remember our dad used to tell us that, you know, you're going to be here one day, trust me. Yeah. You know, you, I'm in my 40s. You're approaching 40. Has it flown by? Are there any regrets? Have you, have, you, have you had a chance to sit down and breathe a little bit? Yeah, no regrets, you know, but, yeah, it's flown by. You know, I, I look back, like we were touching on earlier, like, you know, family and all that, 
you know, I look back at some of my fondest memories are at fights because it was an excuse to get together. You know, we all, you know, come to a fight like Australia, you know, my parents came down there, my grandparents, you know, my, you know, wife at the time, um, you know, girlfriend at the time, but wife now and, and friends, we all got together. And I remember that, like it was three years ago, you know, and that was 2009, you know, and I, I look back and, and, uh, at these different stages and a lot of them are fights, you know, and, and they were good times, you know, win or lose, you know, a lot of family friends were around and we were able to have a good time, you know, because of that fight. And that's what I, I look back, you know, and think fondly of, you know, in the past. So there's no regrets whatsoever at all, you know, but yeah, man, there, I mean, the ultimate fighter was 2006, you know, crazy or 2007, 2008, basically crazy. I started in 2006, but yeah, it's nuts. So crazy, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I love it that there's no regrets. I love it that you're going to have this scrapbook to look back on and you know, what a, what a career already, not to mention what's getting ready to happen again, but what are you sitting around at right now? You said you couldn't get down. You could get to 210 maybe right now. What are you sitting in that chair at right now? Uh, I'm 230 right now. 230, 230 pounds. And how tall are you? 6'3"? 6'2". 6'2", 230. Let's say career's over in 36 months from now. You're 39 years old. No, you're 40 years old. It's done. Yeah. You've walked away with a smile on your face. You get this job as an analyst. You might be coaching a little peewee football. Maybe a little bit of that, a little bit of this, maybe hunting here. Do you balloon up, Ryan Bader? Do you get a dad bod? Do you get a gut on you? Are you going to get out of shape ever, or is Daisy going to whip that ass if you even think about it? Yeah, hell no. You know, <laughs> no, I can't get out of shape. You know, it's it's one of those things, like, you know, if I uh, – I mean, there's been time in my career where, you know, we were younger and you'd, you'd train and then you would and maybe take a little time off and you feel yourself getting a little fluffy and you're like, I've always been like, hell no, we can't have that, you know. Um, and so, yeah, going forward, I'm always going to do something. I, you know, I, I have to compete too, you know? And so that might be, you know, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, I, I do that anyway right now and I'll continue to do that. Um, and I'll continue to work out. You know, I always, always joke with Daisy, my wife, and I'm like, if I don't do anything for a while, you know, I, I tell her, you know, you got to walk the dog cause I'll get, you know, absolutely insane. You know, I got to work out. I got to have that, that release, you know? And so, I'll always be, I'll always be doing something, you know, always competing in something, you know, working out, you know, and, uh, um, I think you have to, you have to do that in life. So I, I don't think I'm ever going to stop. I love it. I love that mentality. I wish more people had that mentality. I think as much as we hate to admit it, aesthetics are important. Health is important more mm -hmm. so than aesthetics, but aesthetics are important. When you look at yourself on TV, like I have the last 15 years and you do it too, you want no matter how bad you tell people, yeah. no, I don't care. I care how I'm perceived. The better I look, the better I perform. The better I perform, the more the more satisfaction I get. And I think that in life, you know, we want to work hard and we want to feel good about it. And looking good is part of that, man. So it's it's refreshing to hear that. You know, there are some guys that that fight career is over and they freak, you don't recognize them five years later. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah. and, and, and you're going to be an analysis. Now, let's end it by this. I know you got to go. I know you got training coming up. Good luck, Ryan Bader. But you're going to be an analysis. You got to love to talk about the fight game, even though I'm sure there are people that could wear you out with too many questions about the fight game. That's why I'm honored to have you on the podcast. But three predictions sure. right now from Ryan Bader real quick. Number one. 
this coming weekend, Usman Masvidal part two. Who's your pick? Uh, Usman, hundred percent. You know he's so good right now, and uh, um, you know they fought once before, and yeah, it was on a short notice fight. But I don't think I don't see what Masvidal could do that Usman can't do better. Connor Poirier three. Poirier. Man, I called Poirier on the last one, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Connor. I think he's gonna. Uh, wow. Yeah, I think he's gonna actually really take it serious, be motivated, all that kind of come out like the old Connor. You know, cause he is damn good. You know, um, yeah, he talks a lot, but he he is very very good. And now he's gonna and have think, twenty thousand fans in that arena. Yeah, I think he makes it adjustments and and uh, and goes out there and gets a win. John Jones, Nagano. Ooh. Man, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with Jones. I think he brings he, – he is very smart, brings a, a good fight IQ to every fight. Um, at the same time, if you think about the last couple of fights he's had at light heavyweight, they've been pretty damn close. And some people think that he lost those fights, you know. Yeah. Um, and then Nugano, he puts his hands on you, you're going down. But it's hard to go against somebody like Jones that hasn't really ever lost. So I'll say Jones in an actually very boring fight. Okay, I like it. Last question, I'm letting you go, Bader. I haven't, got to, I haven't got to talk to a fighter since this happened. Are you embarrassed for Ben Askren? Was it a joke? How does he get knocked out that bad to where he can't get back to his feet and keep his balance? Or is this guy legit? He's fought. He's got three wins against three non-boxers. Ben Askren's been in there with the likes. He beat Robbie Lawler in a fight that was iffy, yeah. in my opinion. But Robbie Lawler is a tough SOB. Yeah. How does this happen? And are you embarrassed? This guy's an NCAA All-American, NCAA champion. He has the nickname Funky. That didn't look too funky to me. Uh, how how does that ben go? I know Ben, you know, I know Ben from the old wrestling days and, you know, way back in the day, we trained together a little bit here and there. Um, but, you know, Jake Paul, I mean, he's athletic, right? And he has been taking it serious and he has been with real boxers. He has been, you know, training with real boxers and, and sparring and all that. And, and he can hit hard and, all, and he's somewhat technical, right? Ben was never those things anyway. You know, they're doing a very, very good job at picking these guys that have no striking, that have a, a big name, but absolutely no striking. So they can say, hey, look, what I did is, you know, decorated MMA fighter, Olympian. Um, but if, if you watch the lead up too, and, and uh, Ben's training for it and watch him hit the bags or hit anything else, you know, it didn't look too good, you know. And so I wasn't overly surprised. I thought Jake Paul was going to beat him. Um, I was hoping that Ben was going to pull it out. And maybe, you know, dirty box them and whatnot. But, um, you know, I want a legit fighter, whether it's an MMA guy or whatever, to uh, actually box, he can box, whatever, but a guy that knows how to strike to box Jake Paul. Jake Paul's a YouTube boxer. That's what they call him. Is, yeah. it, is it okay to come up in those ranks as long as you can hold your own? I mean, he's done a good job, right, of selling himself to get these Hon fights. Honestly, more power to him. Um, you know, we don't like to see it as far as, you know, they're getting huge purses. They're, they're selling pay-per-views, you know, over, you know, some of these guys that have fought their ass off and made it their whole life, you know, and that are, are 
are awesome, you know, MMA guys or whatever are and boxers are kind of the same deal. They're like, you know, this guy gets to get this huge pay-per-view and whatnot. But at the same time, if you can do it, why not? You know, more power to him. He, he you know, went out there and sold 1.4 million pay-per-views or whatnot. His brother potentially is going to fight Mayweather. I mean, why not? If you're them, just say, screw everybody else. We're doing our thing, you know? So I get that side for sure. What about your side, though, Ryan Bader? You're a heavyweight champion of the world. You are a decorated MMA fighter and college wrestler. Do you take a chance of tainting this record if the money's right to fight Jake Paul? I mean, if the money's right. Because because chance, I mean, odds are you're going to smack him with one because you got hands. You can throw. But there is a chance that he catches you with the lucky one. Does that taint your career and does that matter? Um, Good question. You know, Ben Askren had nothing to lose. He's retired and he's like, I'm going to go make some money. What it is, what it is, you know, and then the worst thing possible happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, why not? You know, we're in this to do for me personally. That's why I went over to Bellator, all that. Kind of, I wanted to do different stuff, do, you know, Grand Prix, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I would probably take that fight if the money was right. You know, I'm getting paid really well in, in Bellator and they would have to, you know, definitely surpass that by a lot for me to go over there and, you know, but at the same time, who wouldn't want to go beat that kid up too? So. Well, I don't know if it'll happen, but I would put my money on you. Bader, you're a stud. I love your mentality, your humility. It's amazing what you've accomplished coming out of this little old town of Reno, Nevada, and you have just completely knocked the shit out of the fight game, man. Congratulations. Good luck. Good luck coming up. Congratulations on the Machida win, wrestling at its finest. Is there any last words? No, thanks for having me. I'll have to get up there, do some hunting with you, and finally um, get this uh, Grand Prix all won. And, and uh, you know, hopefully it ends here July, then October. We'll be ready to, ready to rock. All right, my man. Well, I appreciate you, Ryan Bader. Good luck. I'll hit you up. I'm going to ship you a bottle of Celebration Jack Daniels for after the Grand Prix victory. There we go. Appreciate it, my man. That's Ryan Bader. Another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Please enjoy Jack Daniels. Responsibly never allow underage drinking. Tom, Jake, hit that button. This is Leith Loft, and the song is called What You Gonna Do When The Money's All Gone. I'd rather be poor living off in a hole Rich as hell without a soul Life on earth won't last too long So what you gonna do when the money's all gone We're all equal, that's what I think. I don't believe even half.